What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Valdanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And this is Tifosi Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on Sunday evening, January the 10th. We are going to be recapping Serie A match day 17. We know there is still one more game to go tomorrow with Spezia and Sampdoria, but wanted to make sure that we broke down every, the rest of the games because there were some great games that happened this weekend. We had the Tifosi Football Radio Derby that ended in a 2-2 draw, Roma Inter, which we'll talk about. Uh, but uh, a couple of special shout-outs. We want to, first of all, uh, we're very excited. Uh, we're recording for the very first time on our new audio equipment purchased by RiversidePoolAndSpa.ca. <laughs> so just a quick plug. Uh, we know it is January, but uh, if you are looking to get a pool opened and a season maintenance package, the whole nine yards, even just an opening, uh, let us take care of it. Let RiversidePoolAndSpa.ca take care of it for you. You can reach us via phone 289-923-2501 or you can e- reach out by email info at riversidepoolandspa.ca or you could visit the Riverside Pool and Spa's website that is http riversidepoolandspa.ca so thank you for that a special thank you to Alex Sadowski for setting up our special equipment we're really excited it sounds better already <laughs> it really does um, so big thank you for that uh, this all wouldn't be possible without you the listeners so really appreciate that, and uh, we're going to just jump right in. So let's start uh, at the Atalanta hammering Benevento. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys say about this game, Jules? 4-1, Atalanta. Benevento yeah. were in the game at one point, did bring it back to 1-1 through they a Marco Sal goal, and then it all came crashing down. Ilicic, it was the Ilicic show this game. It was. It was the Ilicic show. Yeah. Yasabilicic, I mean, what, what, what are you going to say about him? Yeah, 10 out of 10. I think Benevento, what happened was after that uh, tying goal, they became too confident, thought they can grab the second, do a little smash and grab on Atalanta, but it just wasn't meant to be. Atalanta just woke up, completely dominated them. Yeah, um, they did. They look scary, Atalanta. They, let's, they, let's say that. The, the Atalanta that uh, is on the rise is back. So... I don't know. It's just even given the weather that was the, the weather in Benevento too was it was pouring rain all game, and the way Atalanta was able to still take care of and handle Benevento is just it's it's a scary 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 feeling like this now Atalanta is starting to show consistency. That's something they haven't showed all season. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to see that, and uh, yeah, watch out. Yeah, they're they're very adaptable in the system they're playing. Even with Montipo having an excellent game, you can't, even though he conceded four goals, he made some huge saves. This easily could have been double digits even for Atalanta. That's how great Montipo was. They just, like we said already, look unstoppable. It's going to take a special performance to beat this Atalanta. And uh, it's just perfect timing for them to start heating up, putting pressure on the teams in the top four and uh, continue this run. Yeah. So congratulations to Atlanta, big four to one victory. Benevento, not gonna miss Papu Gomez, that's for sure. They really aren't. They really aren't. They they that you, that's the one thing you gotta really give credit to Atalanta for is they've really shown resiliency and that they don't they don't need him. No, they don't. They don't need him. They that could have easily been a massive distraction. Could have been a uh, it should have been 
morale crushing for them, but the Atalanta now is now finally showing consistency without him. No, I know. And Mahele, the the Danish, uh, the new Danish signing, made an appearance on the left side, replacing Gossens. He showed right away what an attacking player he is. He made quite a, a good impact coming on. Uh, so good debut by him. Um, and Christian Romero again, this guy in the center back position, yeah, wins everything. Amazing pass through the ball. This guy can do it all. Um, can't compete with these guys. No, can't. So Atlanta, big 4-1 to victors. Uh, Benevento will be looking forward to their next game. Uh, let's move on to the next game here. Genoa, 2-1 to victors over Bologna. Genoa now showing some resiliency here under Davide Ballardini. They are now two wins, one draw, one loss since his return. This is a different Genoa team. Yeah, but impressive by Davide. I, I was doubting him. I know it's a bit early still, but yeah, to have two wins, a draw, and a loss, it's completely turned their fortunes around. Uh, seven points in four games. It's 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 a decent return. Yeah. And uh, they look a lot more organized with Davide, I'd say. Yeah. Than no, it, it looks like with Ballardini, they're going to stick with a 3-5-2, play a sit-back counterattack, and it's working. Yeah, they, they have a definitive style now. Yep. They use the wings. Zappacosta has been reborn. They look for the through ball to Destro. It's very yeah. simple. And Destro is working out well, too. Yeah, he scored again. He scored again. Uh, performing great. He rounded the keeper yeah. for this goal. Costa, also in the first goal, made a decent save. Rebound wasn't dealt with by the uh, Bologna defense, which has always been a question mark for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Genoa, impressive. Badali. I just don't know what was Maran doing. That's the biggest question. He 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 wasn't consistent. They didn't have a, they didn't have an approach. And when you don't have an identity, that's that's crushing for a for a Genoa team. And this is the Genoa I thought Genoa was going to be like going into the season. This is why I had them getting keep like securing safety early on in the season. And I and I still think they're not going to go down, especially now that they have this consistency, uh, which will and the, well, they have two key players that they're on the brink of bringing into Genoa, which yes. we'll talk about a little mm. bit later in the transfer rumors. Um, so they're, they're just building consistency. You got a great uh, goalkeeper, Mattia Perin. Mattia Perin looks like the Mattia Perin of old. This is the one that Juve wanted. Uh, he doesn't look at the flop that once he got the Juve, he became. Um, yeah, he made a huge save in this game. Yeah, uh, beautiful save going top corner. Yeah, got his left hand on it. Uh, and you know what? What I'm impressed by with Ballardini too. He brought on uh, Steve, uh, French young French player. Yeah, dropped him into the midfield. He was a major reason why they scored the second goal. He put the yep. pressure on Shelton, who gave it away. Uh, and he wasn't afraid to take him off. He played his role, took yeah. him off, and. Uh, it's just showing a, a good team atmosphere. Yeah. Usually you don't want to see that. It's uh, probably soul-crushing for that player to get subbed on and taken off in the same half. But it didn't seem, no. uh, as Steve was coming off the field, that it was a big no. big issue. So it seems like the team chemistry from Davide is completely different. Yeah. And uh, The last time he played for Genoa, he played 11 minutes as yeah. a substitute in the 0-0 draw against Verona. Yes, so, this was only a second appearance. And, second uh, appearance, 19 years old, French. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked he looked good. Yeah, he looked good. Um, but yeah, impressive impressive stuff by Ballardini. Let's see if he can continue. Exactly. As we head to the midpoint way of the season. On the other side, you got Bologna that 
Soriano played a he played a decent game. Bologna controlled the game. They just couldn't capitalize. I mean, they had they had they had sixty four percent possession, but they only got three shots off on target. Whereas Genoa only had 30, 35, 36 percent possession. They got seven shots on target on um, Costa. And this is the thing, Mihailovic said it himself, and I noticed it in the game. Bologna, it's it's enough to you know whatever you play possession, you pin yeah. Genoa in their end. Yeah. It's not enough to just pass the ball slowly from one side to the other. You have to take shots, and this is what Mihalovic said. If you don't take shots, one, you're not going to score. Two, turnovers are going to be more of a risk because if you turn the ball over in a pass, Genoa has the opportunity to uh, attack you and your space is left behind. If you take a shot, it goes out for a goal kick. The whole play has to reset, and Bologna's defense gets to drop back. Yeah. And, I'd, you know, it's it's better that way than as opposed to turning over the ball with a misplayed pass or trying to dribble like Shota got caught on top of the box. That's what's happened in Bologna. They're just not thinking the game properly. They're not. Teams that sit back, you need to shoot, like I said, to reset the play. And yeah. uh, they just, they, were sh- they weren't doing it. They weren't doing the basics correct. And Mihalovic uh, came out and said it like we said already. And uh, it shows. This is a team without experience. It's a young team and it's really showing Bologna. They're, yeah. they're struggling. It really is. Da Costa again, starting. Yeah, I, I want to see Bra- like the Costa. So this was his best game. It was, but I still want to see Braza. It's like you said though, you, when you when you have the Costa and now you're starting the game yeah. with a goal down, right? Yeah, I still would love to see Braza come in. Yeah, and uh, absolutely prove his worth. But the Costa did what he had to do this game. Yeah. So congratulations to Genoa coming out of this coming out of the relegation zone. Right now I believe we'll we'll recap the table at the uh, at the very end. Um, are at the end of the recap, but mm-hmm. I believe Genoa are now in a safe yeah, position. They are. They are sitting seventeenth. Uh, there you go. Two, uh, one point or two points. Sorry, out of Torino. Wow. So. Oh, speaking of they're Torino. going back and forth. These two out of the, out of the yeah. relegation. And, speaking of and Torino, let's talk about them. So, Torino going to AC Milan, losing this game against ac milan yeah two nothing what two are your nothing. thoughts on this milan performance uh, it was they got the job done they got the job done it it, it was a decent performance sandro tonali obviously this came off on a stretcher i believe so yeah he's uh not looking good yeah achilles injury i think they're saying yeah it's, and brahim too got injured in this game yeah it's it, the injuries are starting to pile up for milan it's not good um i think for um Milan, they they did enough to get the job done. PK Kessie scoring another penalty, uh, <laughs> as always. Leao another goal though. Um, yeah, not a fan of him either, are you? PK Kessie, no. <laughs> and Leao. Leao, no. <laughs> Listen, I am giving them the credit where it's due. Uh, interesting to see Zlatan come out at the end. Yeah, came back after two months out. Yeah. Uh, you know this team. Surviving off individual brilliance right now. Yeah. Uh, Brahim Diaz was the conductor for the team this time around. He was involved in all the chances, involved in pretty much every attacking movement Milan had. And it's impressive that they're able to go through Kalanoglu, Brahim Diaz, and all these guys and rely on them. I think what really helps is their wide players are very really fast. So it gives them a lot of space because they for like sure. to play wide for too. Sure. And on top of it, you got to worry about the brilliance of Theo Hernandez going forward. Calabria, and then you have Kyer again, rock solid in the defense. He 
cleared and intercepted a ridiculous number of balls in this game. I think it was in double digits, like 15 or something like that. So his performance can't go understated in this game. It was He was phenomenal. Again, outperforming the passenger, as you like to call him, Romagnoli. Yeah. Um, and Donnarumma did what he had to do. He made a big save on a redirected shot. Yeah. Took a slight deflection. He was going one way. He, he dropped and stuck his, uh, I think, right arm out and saved it. But yeah, Milan... Not playing the greatest, but getting the job done. That's been their yeah. their thing this season. But scoring two goals again. They scored two goals a game, Milan. And uh, they keep the run going. They this two-goal this two streak. Yeah. I know it ended with Juve, but um, they keep it going again after that loss. Yeah, good, was, good way it, to re- respond. It was respond. a good response. Yeah. It was a good response. And uh, congratulations to Milan, Torino. Tough loss, but keep your head up high. Yeah. And move on to the next game because now you're just. I guess the the objective is just not to get relegated if you're Torino now. Yeah, Torino, they're doing the right thing. Miete, one of their players, actually wasn't even on the bench for this game. One of their big midfielders, he's uh, being linked to Milan, so it looks like that transfer is going to happen as he didn't even appear on the bench. Yeah, which is an important signing. It looks like it'll be for Milan because there's a lot of injuries. For sure, for a sure. Depth, a bit of a crisis going on there. So for sure. Uh, that'll be an interesting transfer uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah. So with that win, Milan uh, pads their lead uh, four points in first place because the Tifosi Football Radio Derby was the next game, and it ended in a 2-2 draw, Roma and Inter 2-2. Uh, I believe Giuliano and I have very different opinions differing opinions on how we both saw this game we're gonna agree to disagree on this game i think so i think so because uh we had a little bit of a text back and forth and i asked him if uh he slept he must have slept through the game because i don't know what he's talking about (laughs) do you want to go first uh you want me to go first yeah sure go ahead i'll go first so what i saw in this game go ahead roma started the game good um Got the chance, you know, Handanovic, I think we got a new nickname for him. He should be called the cameraman because he does a good job not moving when shots are taken. He just stands still and pans on the ball like a cameraman Both would do. times, too. Both, Both times, times in the same spot. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't move. The goal was a bit fortunate, but regardless, Pellegrini took his opportunity shot. That's the big thing. Pellegrini took his opportunity. Right? And I think Bastoni, was it Bastoni? Didn't it deflected off either? Bastoni. Deflected off Bastoni. Yeah, which no surprise again. Bastoni is our weakest is. defender. Yeah, absolute disgraceful defending. I don't know what he, he's not even looking at the ball, not focused whatsoever. But regardless, that goes in. Now this is where our opinions will probably differ. But I thought uh, after that, Roma went right back into their shell. If they kept on attacking, I think it could have been a different game. But they went right back in their shell, invited Inter to uh, put all the pressure on them. I feel. It was show me signs of the Atalanta game. I felt Inter was going to score. It was just a matter of time. The half came. Inter was getting closer and closer and closer. And then uh, went into half. Came out. It was the Inter show. For 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. I think a little bit longer than 20 minutes. for 20 minutes. The game... So what ends up happening is Inter scores in the 56th minute off a corner. Marcello Brozovic sets up a screener. Beautiful power header. Uh, might I might I add as well? Paulo Lopez made two massive goals, saving. Huge. Uh, Huge. They were pretty. They were goals, guaranteed goals. Were go- one on Lautaro, one on uh, yeah. Lukaku. Yeah, the Lautaro one was like point blank. Two point. Both of them were yeah. point blank. So he made two point blank saves before this, before the first goal. 
Second goal goes in uh, Hakimi goal of the season. Oh, fantastic goal. Cuts fantastic in left goal. foot. Nothing smashed. you can do on that. Not, As a goalkeeper, yeah. nothing you can do. At least Powell moved. Yeah, at least Powell moved. I'll give him that. Yeah. So that went in. And this is where the game changed. So Christian says they play for 20 minutes. This is where I believe he's wrong because Roma did absolutely nothing until the, 86, the 82nd minute. Conte, again, messes up with the subs. He brings on Perisic for Lautaro Martinez. Now, I understand. You have the lead. You want to close off the game. I get it. Uh, it's a fine idea. But Ivan Perisic is not the right guy to bring on. In my opinion, he should have brought on Senzi, Eriksson. You want a player who's going to hold on to the ball, make it hard for Roma to win a press, a guy who can draw fouls. That's who you wanted on the field. You don't want another counterattack uh, counter option. That's what Perisic was. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. He didn't know if he was supposed to just be a plug in the middle or counterattack. And you can tell he got caught in between two minds, and he looked awful, Perisic, uh, when he came on. Just absolutely useless. I don't know what he does on this team. Uh, that's a player I would like to see go, my personal opinion. Uh, so that was the first change, 77th minute. Then the second change, Vidal comes off after a great performance. He brings on Gagliardini. I get it. Another sort of type of destroyer. You get height for the box, which obviously didn't work. And then he brings on this plug, this plug of a player who we signed from this team, Roma, Alexander Kolodov for Hakimi. Thanks for the money, by the way. Seriously. Thank he, you. So what happens is uh, Young moves to the right wing back. Kolarov goes to the left wing back. The goal comes from his side, of course, off the uh, corner, I think it was. And uh, Inter just got pinned right back in their end. And Roma, for the last 10 minutes, bombarded them. And then it was just taking a lot of shots. Uh, that's why the stats are kind of... They don't show the true story of this game. Inter did outshoot them. Roma, I think, had one more shot on target, but... Two. Two more shots on target. But all their shots came within the last 10 minutes of the game. That's why Roma, for me, did nothing in this game until the last 10 minutes when Inter invited all the pressure onto themselves through poor management through Conte, got all the subs wrong. And then uh, Mancini was clutch. He got a clutch header. And, and he almost scored before that, too. And that's the story. On yeah, I know. Perisic, I think, got in the way there, right, for that one? No, Andanovic, just it was point blank. Was it a save? Yeah. Just made a save. Uh, here's where did, we, he move, did he move? He, he, no, it was, it was actually shot right at him. It was right at him. I'm not even joking. Like If you look at it, it's, it was right at him. But I just want to say before you go as well, yeah. Barella needs a rest. This guy's clearly tired. Uh, he played like garbage in my books. Flopped everywhere. Yeah, so flopped most and of the time on the ground. I, I agree 100% with that. And uh, yeah, just happy with Vidal's performance. Darmian found out it wasn't anything serious. He just had a little bit of a contusion. And uh, Lataro, man, start learning how to finish. And that's yeah. it. I'll let Christian go now. So here's here's how I saw the game. <laughs> <laughs> there was Roma tinted lenses over here. <laughs> no, that's, I thought Roma came out great in the first half. Played really good. I didn't expect Roma to take it to enter the way they did. I really didn't. Um, but as soon as Roma went up one nothing. They seemed okay, and then they came out in the, They came out at halftime, and it, I think Fonseca must have had a talk with them and said, okay, let's go into a shell. It was either that or they totally lost focus because for 20 minutes, it was an inter show. Inter here and there, like it wasn't for Paulo Lopez, it could have been a lot worse. But as soon as Inter went up 2-1, to one, that's so in those 20 minutes, that's to me when the switch again hit. It was a combination of Inter inviting Roma, but then Roma switching things around and I think Roma could have snuck away with a win here 
Um, they had their chances. They, I, I do think they could have snuck away with a win. I, a draw is a fair result, I think. I, I did call this. I, I'm not surprised that they drew. Um, Roma wasn't going to lose at home to Inter, and it was going to be it was going to be tough for them to win, but they could have done it. And uh, Paulo Lopez, probably his best game of the season, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, he's starting to find his form. He's starting to find his confidence, and he's he, he's slotted back into the number one. He has to be now. Uh, can't fault him for both goals. I mean, he he tried. I mean, the the Hakimi goal was a was a snipe. And the screen yard header was perfectly placed. He he almost got to the screen yard header, but it was just so perfect in the top top right hand corner that no goalie in the world's gonna stop that. Um I was a little concerned when Bruno Perez came on. I didn't understand that move. Uh, it's to me it felt like a downgrade once Bruno Perez came on. And you could tell Spinazzola was frustrated by it too. Um the Sp- other Spinazzola though, I wasn't impressed by in this game. But Spinazzola I'd rather have Spinozola on the field going mm-hmm. up and down, mm-hmm. especially when Kolarov comes on. I'd rather have Spinozola going up and down than Bruno Perez because yeah. Bruno Perez doesn't impress me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jordan Vertu was was not happy to come off too. He had a he had a decent game. He played. I think he played well. Uh, but Brian Cristante came on. He offered a little bit something a little more different. Um, really holds that deep midfield role. Uh, so I thought Brian in his in his brief uh, in his brief appearance. He played okay. Um, the big one I want to talk about is Edin Zeko. Edin Zeko blew a lot of opportunities here, and uh, it, it, it is it is time to consistently start Borja Mayoral because you saw it. You have to admit you saw it. once Borja Mayoral came on, it was different. Oh, I said he offered I saw, a lot more. Yeah, when I said Borja Mayoral was on, this was the first time I was scared of Roma's attack because Zeko yeah. wasteful. Mkhitaryan couldn't do nothing. Yeah, Pellegrini was all right. Yeah. Really, for me, I didn't see no threat from Roma going forward. Borja Mayoral offers something But he changed different. it. He changed it. He definitely it. changed it. And when you have a game like Borja Mayoral did the game prior, I don't understand Fonseca's mentality. Okay, now you're going to go to the bench. Well, this is where the the fear from Fonseca again. Bo- yeah. Both coaches were at fault. They both yeah. showed fear. They didn't want to yeah. lose, which is the wrong, totally wrong mentality yeah. from both coaches. They didn't want to lose as opposed to doing everything it takes to win. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that shows you because now, if you go watch the other team that played the last the last game of the day today, Sunday, they do everything it takes to win. Yeah, Juve. they do. And this result only benefits that team. As an Inter fan, that drives me nuts because now they're in fourth place and they're slowly creeping up the table because yeah. everyone in the top four keeps dropping points. That is the difference. These teams, you got to start playing to win. Like I said, that's why I think even for. Uh, Roma, one, shouldn't even put themselves in that situation, like yeah. you said, to drop back. And enter when you had the lead, you had to put someone more with better ball control in the midfield. Hence, Vidal, Brozovic, Barella. There's really no one that's good at keeping the ball. And uh, the coaches just show me they're too scared. They're too scared. They don't believe yeah. keeping attack and attack. Attack isn't a good way of defense. I think it can be. They obviously don't. And yeah. They're both wearing hats for this game. They were. They were. They didn't want. <laughs> they didn't want to get their hair ruined. Uh, no, definitely not. But to me, to me, this is a bad result for both teams. I don't know what you think. I As know. a Roma fan, knowing where we are, knowing what our objective is this year, I, I think I've said the past couple of podcasts. It's try and do something with the teams above you, but beat the teams below you. Inter's clearly a team above Roma. Inter has Scudetto ambitions. To me, a point. Is acceptable for Roma here. 
I understand what it means in the table. You got Juventus slowly climbing, still yeah. got that game in hand. With the game in hand. You got Atlanta that's got that game in hand that's on the rise too. But one point, as a Roma fan, knowing that top four is your priority and not the Scudetto. But this me, is I know I explained this to you, but like if Juve win, Atalanta win, this puts Roma out of Champions League spots. If they both win their makeup games. It does. And and yes, they're gonna need help along the way. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to say that. But one point is better than walking away with nothing. But you see, this is right. Roma. I don't think they need help along the way. They just gotta they, something's not right when they play the big teams, Roma. They play scared. They play scared. Whether it be because every do. result has been a draw. Yeah, or loss, and they conceded a lot of goals. This is the first time where, oh, okay. where they didn't concede. It uh, could have been worse, though. And it they could still have been conceded much worse. Two. It could have been. It could have been worse. So something's wrong with the defense, but uh, and the midfield situation. They, they got uh, they get overrun too easily. Yeah, and if you want to be in Champions League, there's some holes in this team that need to be patched. We up. we know 110 yeah. percent there are holes in this team. There's no real expectation for this team to do anything magical this year. We're going to work in the transfer market in the winter time. We're going to work in the transfer market in the summer with, with Tiago Pinto there. We're just starting fresh. This is what it is. We know there's gaps. Now, we, if we can somehow, and I think we're going to do it, finish in the top four, knowing we're going to go in the Champions League, get that little boost in funds, and give Tiago Pinto four or five months to figure out what this Roma team needs because he needs time. He can't just come in and say, okay, this is what we're going to need, bang, bang, bang. I know he's going to trust his right-hand man, Paulo Fonseca, because Fonseca's going to, he's going to basically give Fonseca whatever he wants. Yeah. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I would hope, right? Um, so there's gaps in this Roma team, but they're going to be filled over time. They're going to be filled over time. You got Nicolo Zanaiolo that's going to come back, right? You got potentially Stephen El Sharawi that's on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, Bernard that's potentially on the way that worked with that'd be an interesting sign yeah well Everton we'll talk about it a little yeah, more yeah. but there's a swap potential swap coming and Bernard has played with Paulo Fonseca before so there's there's these there's promises right but the, it's tough for me because as someone that's the loyalty means a lot to me at the soccer club because I'm obviously Francesco Totti screams loyalty to me and I understand to a certain degree that because Eden Zeko is the captain but Borja Mayoral is by far the more informed striker on this team, and he deserves to play. Yeah, Eden Zeko should not start by merit. And we've had this conversation before yeah. where it talks about you, just because you have potential doesn't mean you deserve to play it right now. You have to beat the older guy out. I think Borja Mayoral is beating the old guy out. I think so too with these performances. And yeah, yeah, Jekko had up until the 88th minute yeah. to get a goal. Yeah. And for 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 a guy like Borja Mayoral, like I'm not trying to pump this guy's tires. The limited time that he had and the way he, the Roma attack or the the Roma attack sh- shifted for those 5 minutes. Yeah, Inter didn't touch the ball. <laughs> yeah, Inter didn't touch the ball. It was totally different. They were afraid. Mm-hmm. They were afraid. And uh but yeah, I I agree. I think Jacko like I've said it many times, I think he's past his shelf life. Yeah, it's time. It's time to go. It's time. And uh, that's it. Otherwise, I think disappointing result for both teams. Because uh, at the top, you gotta win. You gotta win. A draw, a tie is a loss. Well, if the, we'll talk but, about it in our podcast midweek, yeah. but I'm guaranteeing a Roma win for their next game. So big game, that's big a big Roman game. derby. Oh, I can't wait. 
Can't wait. Padre Filio Spirito Santo. That's the, that's the <laughs> game waiting for. But anyway, speaking of that, speaking of Lazio, let's move on to them. So Lazio ruining Daversa's return, winning 2 nothing against this Parma team. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I don't know. The Vers are not, there's no hope for this team. 4 3 3. And this is another coach. I have no faith in him. I don't care if it's his previous team. It's it's just not good enough. And I know he didn't have much time as well to take over, but the players should be somewhat familiar with him. And They should uh, be. He he knows them all. It's got to be better than that. Yeah, has to. Parma I'm telling you right now, if Parma don't get if Parma don't get 4 points in the next 4 or 5 games, their their season's over. They're done. Yeah. They're going they're going to go back down to Serie B because this is this is ridiculous. I mean, Pepe Reina made a massive save on Cornelius too, like with this header, like yeah, just, wh- like which that's... is important. Uh, you don't make that save, yeah, it gives Parma the advantage, and they can yeah. sit back what they would, which they would love to do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the difference. I uh, think this was a good test for Lazio mm-hmm. because both teams love to sit back and counterattack, and Lazio always struggles when they play a team that will give them the ball and dictate to dictate play. But Lazio handled it very well in this game. So that was a very good test for Simone Inzaghi. I think they played really well. Luis Felipe played fantastic. Acerbi solid as a rock. Lazzari played good. Milinkovic Savage showed up. Luis Alberto, great goal. Casedo, great goal. Chido didn't play the greatest. but Worst player on the field. Yeah, didn't mm-hmm. do, but he didn't need to do anything. For Lazio. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have to do This was a team performance from back to front. Yeah. Everybody played. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, for me, Alberto, Luis Alberto showing his worth. This guy... If he's not on Lazio's struggle, and it shows, he's set up yeah. almost every opportunity for Lazio. And Milikovic Savic, of course, doing his role too, getting yeah. the assist in this game. The two of them, when they play, when they Lazio is such a different, yeah. uh, different beast. It well, is, and with you know, down like a couple weeks down the road, they're gonna be playing a team in Champions League that's out of form. Mm-hmm. Maybe Giuliano is right. Maybe. Maybe this is going to play right into Lazio's hands. Maybe. And they can steal something. If they play like this, they're going to be hard to beat. I see them running right back up the table if they keep up these performances. Well, uh, I'm hoping to send them back down to reality <laughs> on Friday. But they, they so, yeah, they look they look great. Yeah. Through balls, attacks in the middle. They, they look great. Possession, high pressure. It's I'll good say stuff. this. As a Roma fan, I don't want to be playing Lazio right now. I don't. I know. It, this is the Lazio I don't want to play. As an Inter fan, I wouldn't want to play Lazio either. Yeah. Because, yeah, this looks like a Lazio that's hit. They're on form now. Yep. And, you know, he had one eye on uh, Coppa Italia fixtures, maybe Roma too. He took off Luis Alberto. So one eye is on those fixtures. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about those in part two. And we'll, uh, we'll run them down real quick. Very impressive by yeah. everybody, by everybody in this team. Yeah. So congratulations to Lazio. Very well deserved. Parma, you don't even deserve two minutes of my time because... <laughs> You guys played like garbage and yeah, Parma. Yeah, I don't know. There's, it's not looking good. No, it's not. But on the on that note, let's move on to uh, Napoli. <laughs> Saving it to the very end, Bakayoko, and stealing three points from Udinese is what yeah. it felt like. And who scored for Udinese? Lasagna. Lasagna. But can oh, I tell my. you how wasteful this guy was? <laughs> he had. <laughs> He was so wasteful. He missed so many chances. Five shots, only one goal. He should have had at least two in this game. Well, he was with the best player on the field. He was, but that goes to show you how 
this wasn't a great game tactically. It was really Napoli didn't play good. No. Gattuso came out and said we can't always play like Brad Pitt. Yeah. So it just. You think that I was guess, a penalty though? I do. I do. Yeah. I think it was too aggressive of of a tackle, and uh, Insigne doing what he does best these days, scoring penalties. He can't do much else. This guy misses open nets. Uh, he's just a penalty taker, pretty much. And uh, yeah, Napoli just not playing good, getting the job done. Yeah. Leave it to the very last second. I don't know. Well, I don't know what to think of this performance. I don't know what to think of Napoli anymore. It's an ugly. Uh, it's an ugly win. It's an ugly win, but. They made it harder than it had to be yeah. in this game. You got to give Musso credit for the big saves he did make. Same with Meret. Meret oh, yeah, Meret. Meret did really well. Yeah, they tested. Like I said, like I think you said too, Udine, they're going to feel like they got robbed. I know Gotti came yeah. out and felt they got robbed. They so, did. Uh, I don't know. Napoli not playing good. No. They haven't played good ever since the they got their point back. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the rematch was back on yeah. against Juve, they've been playing uh, poor ever since. Yeah, but it is what it is. It is what it is. What it do you, is. what do you make of this Napoli team? Do you think they're true top four competitors? They're not consistent enough to be a top four. They're not even like I. The scary thing that I think of, I think Roma is more consistent than Napoli. Yeah, Roma, you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, in and out with these guys. Like it's. It's weird that we were talking about them to be top four. Like, I had them out of my top four at the beginning of the season. I had them in my top four. And then they're playing great. Yeah. Looking like they're title contenders. And then yeah. they start choking. Yeah. And now they <laughs> and then they drop out of the top four. And they're not only out of the top four, they're in sixth place. Uh, but see, this is, this is the thing. I don't think there's one glaring weakness on this Napoli team, front and back. Up in the... It's all mentality. Yes. And you can see it all through Insigne. For me, yeah, he shows. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. He, he shows is. it. He's the epitome of Napoli and what, yeah, it means to be even a Napoli fan, yeah. a Napoli player. And he, I don't yeah. know if there's too much pressure on him, but something's just not right uh, upstairs they really in his head right Simon, now. Man, holy, do they miss him? That's why I said Patania. He's not good enough. The patate, <laughs> the Patania, the patate is not good enough. Yeah, he had a bad game this game. They're missing. They brought on Lorente. There's just not enough speed from those guys. No. They're really, like you said, missing Aussie men. Dries Martens too. Yeah. Martens, that's a huge miss. Uh, Napoli don't have a good record when he's not playing. Yeah, big time. Lasagna, like we said, being a lasagna, this guy misses <laughs> chances galore. This guy, he couldn't put a piece of lasagna on a plate if you had to. This guy, <laughs> he's. Uh, oh man. I don't know. But what a header yeah, by Giuliano's Bakio. Giuliano's got what a header. quite a hate for Kevin Lasagna. Eh. Former Milano player right here. They could use him right now. Bakayoko? Yeah, Bakayoko. Big, time, big time. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. Gattuso saving his job, I guess, because he's kind of, he's on the he's on the brink a little bit with these performances. He's been uh, called into question, I know. Um, See, I'll, I'll give you this. This is my analysis of Napoli, okay? They kind of remind me of Inter in a way. But Inter has got glaring weaknesses, glaring gaps in the squad. Yeah, obvious, big obvious ones. Napoli, squad like player for player, much more talented, not as weak, but it's all mentality. Mm -hmm. It's all mentality. It's like Inter doesn't have the skill they need, but they have the mentality, they have the desire. And then you look at Napoli, which is the flip way. They got the talent, but they don't have the desire. It's, it's so. Crazy. Do, you, do you blame the coach a bit then? So if you have a Conte in Napoli, is Napoli a different animal? No, 
This is the thing, because I think Gennaro Gattuso... Gennaro Gattuso is a more polished version of Antonio Conte. They're both hotheads. Yeah. But we, all, we know in any sport, whether it's hockey, whether it's soccer, whether it's football, like these kind of coaches that go, come in, make noise, and yell at you till they're blue in the face, they only have... They have such a short shelf life in the squad that you know they're good for a couple of seasons and then you tune them out. Mm-hmm. I think Gattuso reminds me a lot of Conte. I think he's a little more po- like I said, a little more polished, but it's he's kind of got the same mentality where yeah. he's he's a hothead and I think Napoli need a a calm reserved coach. Like I think their best their best coach re- most recently was Maurizio yeah, Sarri. Sarri, yeah. Sarri he he smokes like 20 packs of cigarettes a day because he's so stressed out <laughs> but he bring he always brought a calmness yeah among Napoli and that's when Napoli was a legit Scudetto contender right mm-hmm. Carlo Ancelotti I don't know what happened there um but I think Carlo Ancelotti I think he's tougher than he puts on for the cameras I think behind so. the scenes I think so mm-hmm. I think so but uh yeah I just think that it's not a good match coach wise. I think if you find a coach, like I even think a coach like Simone Anzaghi, he could change the fortunes of this team. A coach uh, like but even is, like, so, Gattuso not a good coach then? No, I think Gattuso's a good coach. I don't think Gattuso's a great coach to get his not a good enough. Gattuso's to get a coach League. that will that's like that will get you into the Champions League, maybe the Europa League. He's not that coach that will take you to the next level. Yeah. You know who would been, you know who would do really well in Napoli? Spalletti. Exactly. I was just about to say that. I, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. He he brings that calmness. He's a smart coach. He know, he would know what to use with those players. What to do with those players. Obviously it'd be a four three three. It's the Luciano Spalletti way. But I think a coach like that would really benefit Napoli. I think I know Gatuzo just got his raise, he just got his new contract. So for De Laurentiis... I don't know, but because De Laurentiis coaches body, maybe you can send Gattuso over to body, yeah, and uh, try and work their way up because they need a they need a kick in the pants, a coach that like that <laughs> to get up there, and then bring someone in for uh, for Napoli because that's what I think's missing. It's just they've mentally checked out. Yeah, I think so too. Unfortunately, Spalletti's in a golden prison right now. Pretty much at Inter, I think. Uh, yeah, we've what, said that a few times. How much money is he owed? Like twenty million, something crazy? No, not that much. Not that much. I don't think. No, no. It was a significant amount. Significant though, amount that no one would hire him. I don't know. Like, there are coaches out there. Like, after Atletico, after this year with Atletico Madrid, is is Diego Simeone going to be available? He's doing an amazing job. He is doing an amazing. In first job. place, three games in hand. I know. Yeah, I don't think he's leaving. I never know. Maybe leaving. he leaves on a high. I don't think he's leaving. Is there is there like a cheaper version of Zinedine Zidane out there that could go to this team? Pirlo. <laughs> you know what? I think Andrea Pirlo would benefit this team. I think so. He's an easygoing guy, it seems. And, yeah. Uh, he just lets his team play. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you see the way Buffon and Pinsolio, they act on the bench. Yeah. Everyone's like buddy-buddy there. So. Yeah. Well, with these new up-and-coming coaches like Balzaretti, Vieri... No, Vieri wouldn't be a coach for Napoli. But like... Uh, <laughs> They'd be out partying every De Ra- No, De Rossi would be a hothead. De Rossi's going to be like a Gattuso, for sure. He's going to be a bargains, a bargain version of Gattuso. But like, they need a calm coach, bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Verona, Crotone, Verona. We knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, 
Congratulations to Verona. Congratulations. I just want to say, uh, I think Inter still owns him. He was there anyway at training camp. DiMarco? Uh, DiMarco. Two goals in two games. This guy is looking Content wouldn't know what to do with him. Content wouldn't know what to do with that, this That's guy. the amazing thing. Inter has such a weakness on the left side, and then you have this guy performing yeah. week in, week out for Conte Verona. Conte wouldn't know what to do with him. Nikola Kalinic. This is his first goal since, I think, August. Talking about strikers. Yeah. <laughs> Nikola Kalinic. Since the first first goal he scored. The last, you know the last time he scored? He scored in that 3-1 Roma victory over Juve back in August 2020. Oh this is the last time this guy scored, and he scores here. <laughs> <laughs> this Crotone team's garbage. Yeah, garbage. They're, they're they, hey, they got one back, but they're done. Yeah, Juno Messias again. Strop, yeah, Stropa came out. He said they need new signings, and... Uh, I don't think they got the money to do it. No, and they're going to lose Junior Messias, I think. Hundred percent. He nice finish from him again. Yeah, that Di Marco goal was beautiful. It was beautiful. Alex Cordaz, captain or no captain, he's, he doesn't got it anymore. No. He's had maybe one solid game. Other than that, this team. He did the cameraman. He did the uh, the Handanovic over there. Pretty much the cameraman, Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze. So. Silvestri, not a good game, but he didn't need to play. So Yeah, didn't need to play. John, Verona did what they had to do. They did. Good they three did points. To do. So two to one, Verona. Let's move on. Zaccagni. Watch again. out for him. Great performance again. Let's move on to this game now. Fiorentina. We said it. One they don't time. score an open goal against this team. <laughs> They're done. You might as well relegate them now, but they got their Vlahovic. goal. They Vlahovic. Did they did it. And it Vlahovic. wasn't from the penalty spot. And it wasn't. The it only wasn't guy that can score a goal. I'm telling you right now, this keeps up. I think Cagliari's going down. Yeah, Di Francesco, I think he might He's gotta be get gone soon too. He's got to get the axe. Joao Pedro, uncharacteristically missing a penalty. Yeah. Uh, Drakowski. Way to go, Bartolome. Drakowski, yeah. What a save. Big save, Bartolome. I think so far the best goalie. Uh, this week so far. This week. Oh, yeah. Uh, great Cranio too. We can't. You can't fault him. He played. This, he played great. Cranio, whatever. No matter what Cagliari does this year, Cranio is gone at the end of the season. He has to. He, he's too good. He's too good for this team. He's way too good. His agents already looking for uh, for other players. I feel bad for Godin. I mean, Godin was like the only bright spot in this Cagliari squad for this game. Yeah, Godin, Nangalan too. Yeah, he was uh, their main catalyst going up front, which shows you. This Cagliari team, there's no leaders in it. No one wants no. to take the initiative. None. If, if Nagaland just slotted in into this team and already being the best player yeah. right off the bat, like that, that's not a good look. Well, it was like that when Godin came too. I know. Slotted man. right yeah. in with the best player. And that's why they're struggling this team. Yeah. Um, they got to do a lot better. Di Francesco has to do something about this defense because it's, it's... He needs uh, to find another job. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> he does, I think. But Start we're looking in the classifieds, bud, because <laughs> I think your days are numbered. <laughs> what does he do after this, this guy? Where does uh, he go? I don't know. He's got to go to Serie B. He's failed at every club he's yeah. been at. Well, he had that one. He had, bright, he had a br- he had uh, brightness with Sassuolo, but nothing was expected from that Sassuolo squad. Yeah. They just came up, right? Had so. a good run with Roma, but after that, it's been yeah, it's been disappointing. It has been. It has been. But uh, congratulations to Fiorentina. They, they, they got the job done. They scored. Really helped their chances. So... Uh, Let's move on to the final game this Last afternoon. I know Giuliano's got a lot to talk about in this game. Juventus, 3-1 to one victors over Sassuolo. Go for it, Giuliano. Yeah, this is... So Juventus is gaining full momentum. This is why uh, all the teams at the top, Milan, Inter, throw Roma in there because they're in the top four. 
He doesn't want to, but he has to. These are the, these are the Scudetto challenging teams and Atalanta. Yeah. Listen, you guys keep drawing the, dropping the ball. Juve is showing everyone in Serie how it's done. You never give up. Sassuolo, although they went a man down with a red, ended up coming back level. Yeah, that goal from Defrel, beautiful yeah. goal. And they never gave up. And they didn't. You gotta give you gotta give Sassuolo credit. Oh, Sassuolo showed so much hurt. Uh, the referee, <laughs> boy, Davide Massa. I don't know. For me, Bonucci should have been sent off. I agree game. with you. So if you look in the 12th, 12th minute where Bonucci got a yellow card, it was a clear-cut scoring chance that Caputo had, and he fully wrapped his arms around him knowing, and he only got a yellow card out of it. That is unacceptable. Yes. and, and Unacceptable. And every UV fan's going to be, oh, he was in the midfield. You know, no, no, no. That it was clear-cut. It was clear-cut. He was the last you, man. You Roma Inter fans know what you're talking about. Listen, Bonucci, he was the last man. I believe it was past the circle of the midfield. Every and not only that, the uh defenders, the other defenders of Juve were around five, ten yards away yeah. and wide. Yeah. No one was near Bonucci. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Caputo was straight ahead to net. Yeah. So how that's not given out as a red, I don't care if that's in the midfield or not. That to me is a straight red. That's and, a last man back. And here's foul. and this is where this is where I get frustrated with the refing, okay? So Sassuolo obviously gets a red card in this game for the tackle on Chiesa. So Pedro Biang gets a red card. And they went and looked at it. So it was originally a yellow. And they went and they looked at it. For Bonucci, they didn't look at it. Why? Why? <laughs> I would have looked at it. You would have seen in the replays that it was he was clear he had a clear clear cut scoring chance. If you're gonna go back and look at for Chiesa, you have to go back and look for Benucci, because that's unacceptable. And I understand Benucci was first anyway, but that's the kind of precedent you set, and that's when you set. That's when you have controversy in the game. Yeah. If you're gonna call, if you're gonna be like that, you gotta do it for both sides. You really have to. You do, I'm... and we're not saying that the referee gave Juventus the game. I think Giuliano made a comment when uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, Obiang got the red card that this guy's got a black and white jersey and I need that ref <laughs> that referee sweater of his. I couldn't stop laughing, but yeah. um, at the end of the day, you got to be consistent. He wasn't consistent, and this is the thing. Giuliano talked about last podcast about how the referee in the Juve-Milan game let them play, and Chiesa had a breakout game. Here, this referee was calling everything, and what was Chiesa doing? He was on the ground all the time. Everybody was on the ground. Yeah, the, the diving was... Uh, the diving was uh, ridiculous. This, was, wasn't the, this wasn't a Juventus team that... That beat uh, Ronaldo that beat falling Milan. every second you yeah. could get. This wasn't a, this wasn't the Milan team that that showed up for that Milan. Uh, this wasn't the Juve team that showed up for that Milan game. This was clearly they 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 knew how this ref was gonna go. So it's like okay, let's just go on the ground, get the calls, slow the play down, go at our pace, and they took advantage of that and they won three to one. That's what Juve is good at. Juve is good at Juve is good at reading the situation and taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. They have a strong desire to win. I think they got a good, they got a talented squad, but they're very smart and they know how to play the game and take advantage of the situation. And they fully took advantage of this because this three to one win, yes, Juve deserved to, Juve, okay, at the end of the day, deserved to win the game. But this three to one scoreline doesn't tell you how long Sospolo hung on for because Sospolo hung on for a long time. Yeah, and they they were playing with the big boys. They were playing with these guys and they were down a man. For a long time, so yeah, Concili was outstanding. O- Obiang, yeah, straight red. 
Um, what more can you say? It was, it was studs on the ankle. He hit him right in the perfect spot. His foot wasn't even really that high. It was just a uh, a freak accident. Yeah. And in the replay, obviously, Real Piquet is fine. He got up pretty quick after the red card was issued. I'm sure he did. Sure he <laughs> but did. He no, saw no. It see you later. Jokes aside, though, uh, it was a bit unlucky by Obiang. He had uh, Obiang. He didn't have no intention of uh, no. He didn't have intention of hurting him. him. It was just completely mistimed. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else can we say? Concili, so, Concili outstanding. Danilo scored a rocket. That's that's what uh, set the initiative for Juve after that goal. For sure. It's like what what more are you supposed to do? You, exactly. You're stopping everything, and then boom, a uh, shot from 40 yards out. Yeah. Bottom left corner. Danilo's left goes in, and then and then after that, it was just a matter of time. You know, Juve once they smell blood, it's over. It's over. And uh, if anyone's gonna take the City a title off of these guys. They have to have that same killer instinct. Definitely. They have to. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so with that being said, that wraps up uh, match day 17 until tomorrow's game where Spezia and Sampdoria will go head-to-head. We hope Sampdoria, we wish Sampdoria and Spezia well. I think we both agree that Spe- Sampdoria is going to win that game. So if you're listening mm-hmm. and you're a betting person, take Sampdoria. <laughs> um, but uh, let's let's uh, here are the standings, how they hold after today. So Milan, first place. With 40 points. Inter, second place with 37 points, three points back. Roma, seven, uh, through 17 games, third place, 34 points, six points behind Milan. Juve, fourth place, 33 points with that game in hand. So if they win that game, they will be four points behind Milan and will move up to third place. Napoli, breathing right down their neck, fifth place, 31 points. Atalanta, Sixth place, 31 points. And both Napoli and Juve play that game in hand against each other. Atalanta has a game in hand against Udinese. And then seventh place, Sassuolo, 29 points. Eighth place, Lazio, 28 points. Now the bottom three, Genoa has now moved out. Genoa is now 15th place (laughs) in the league. That's how tight the bottom is. Congratulations to Genoa. They deserve it. Um, So... Bottom three reads Torino, 18th place with 12 points. Parma now sit 19th place, 12 points. Crotone will be in the basement for the rest of the season. Yeah. I think they've firmed up 20th place. Um, three teams that are in contention to go down. Obviously, Genoa, 15th place, 14 points. Cagliari, 16th place, 14 points. Spezia, 17th place, 14 points with that game in hand. If they win that game, that's huge for them. But uh, that rounds out the standings, and that sums up part one. Uh, Stay tuned for part two. We're going to talk quickly about uh, Coppa Italia and uh, some transfer rumors. Welcome back to part two. We'll be talking about Coppa Italia and some transfer rumors going around Italy. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Well, it's Coppa Italia. (laughs) How ready can you be? So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Coppa Italia doesn't get good till the till the semifinals, but we're in the quarterfinals now, right? Yeah, so we'll just redo the yeah uh, round of sixteen. So we'll read. Oh, sorry, we're in the round of sixteen. I'm sorry. Just um, read through the fixtures quick. Give maybe a quick prediction. Yeah, we're not so in, two games, too much into it now. Two games are going for next week uh, because of the massive, massive derby that's happening on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about those at the very end. But let's start off January the twelfth. 
These are single game match fixtures, so it's not two no two legged ties. It's single match. So Torino again playing Milan. I just think we're gonna see more of the same. <laughs> Milan's, Milan's gonna, gonna win this game. Milan's gonna win. Because we don't, it's hard to predict. Because it's hard Hope to analyze. A different animal. You're gonna have guys from the bench coming on, and yeah, and stuff like that. you're not gonna get the full lineups. But exactly, I think Zlatan plays his game. Yeah, Zlatan. This is gonna be a warm up game for him. And on top of it, Milan, they want you're gonna want to win something this year. Yeah. Whether it's a Scudetto, you know, it's it's been a while. Coppa Italia is not a bad trophy to win. No, I don't think not. Juve hasn't won the last two. I don't think so. No. So they're hungry for this trophy again, and. uh I think it will be interesting this year, but Milan, Torino, I think Milan, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the next game. Fiorentina are playing Giuliano's Inter Milan. Fiorentina Inter. This might be a game where uh, Inter, you know, they just play their entire bench and they lose. They drop out. They don't even want to be part of this competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this will be way. good. Yeah, this will be good for Fiorentina. You know, build some confidence. You're going against an, a wounded Inter. You're going to be playing their B team most likely. And... Uh, this is the this is a good game, Prandelli, to reverse his fortunes a bit and uh build off that one that one nil victory. I hope he tries some new stuff here. I don't want to see the same stuff that he's been going with. Uh the three three yeah. man defense. Change it up, change the offense up. He's been playing one striker, maybe pair up Vlahovic with the second striker. Uh and this is let's uh see some new stuff here, I think. What do you think is gonna happen? I don't know. I don't know who's going to start in the Inter lineup, but it seems Inter, if Lukaku doesn't play, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. So let's say Fiorentina for fun. I think Fiorentina's right. going to win. Well, Fiorentina, Giuliano's going to be a little Penalties. crazy. Penalties. Penalties, anyone Giuliano's going to be a little crazy to take Fiorentina. I'm going to still take Inter. Uh, Napoli are playing Serie B Empoli, one who of, are... One of two Serie B teams, I yeah. think, right? Uh, one of two, I believe. Yes, they are one of two. Um... Empoli doing really well in Serie B. Empoli's top of Serie B up there. Yeah. On their way. It looks like they're on their way up to Serie A next year. But uh, if you're Gennaro Gattuso, given the problems that you're having in this Napoli squad, rotate it a little bit. See what you can do. Did they have the? It, this is basically a game. This is a game you can't lose if you're Napoli because it's embarrassing and hu- hugely demoralizing to lose against Empoli. It's a, it's but. Napoli have too much quality for Empoli, and I think this should be a, a good opportunity for them to try something new. And I think Napoli are going to win this game. Yeah, Napoli should win this game. Juve Genoa. Yeah. Genoa's kind of been Juve's bogey team. Yeah, and uh, Genoa's actually playing not bad. So this will be interesting. Uh, and Juve's going to probably rotate. You knowing they rotate. got a big game on the weekend. No, I know. I would. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be too crazy to call an upset here. Uh, yeah. Genoa. Another team, you know, you yeah. know what Davide Barladini is going to bring out. Yeah. Coppa Italia is big for a team like Genoa. Juve, yeah. like we said, they haven't won it the past two years. Pirlo hasn't won a trophy yet, of course, as manager. Does he go all in for this? I think that's where it's going to be interesting to see his management style. Well, think about this. Does he want to be greedy and go for every trophy? Or do you want to pace oh. yourself, go if, for more for the Tour Champions League? It, if you're Andrea Pirlo and you want to make a statement... How big of a statement would it be if you want to treble in your first season as head coach? Oh, it's a huge statement. So I there you go. Does the ego take over, right? Juve. Yeah. Juve. Uh, next up, Spal, another Serie B team, playing Sassuolo. I think Sassuolo should have this over Spal. Spal, they should, they're so not even... 
yeah. doing too great in City B, they're right? They're up there. They're up there. But how how far up there? They're in the playoff, they're in spot, the playoff right? spot. Yeah. So Sassuolo, I think, have too much. If they show what they they did today, they should yeah. be able to well, do this this spot. They we'll should see. beat them. Uh, next up, <laughs> I think Sassuolo's going to win. Atalanta, Cagliari. 10 nothing. <laughs> yeah. Atalanta. That's it. Yeah. Atalanta. It'll be interesting to see some Mahele come in. Yep. Uh, see some of their because Atalanta they have uh, crazy depth for a team with a low budget yeah they have a pretty exciting bench so it'll be nice to see some of these young players come in for sure Mirinchuk still hasn't really had a fair chance at the starting lineup because everyone's playing amazing yeah so it'll be interesting to see him Malinovsky I think will start, get the start over at Piscina for this game so it will be interesting to see how well they play with their B team yeah. and uh I think it's only good they get more time these guys yeah absolutely uh next up these are games next week because of the big derby on friday mm-hmm. uh spezia roma roma hands down i think spezia hands down yeah okay <laughs> serious okay fine um it's, when's the roma derby sunday friday that's on the friday that's a shame friday game for a big derby like that i know it's massive it's one of um, the most dangerous derbies in and the world. they put it on a friday night i know yeah what are you gonna do and then uh, next team, Lazio's playing Parma on the 21st. That'll be interesting. Again, for the same reasons. Parma, you know, don't have much to play for in this season. That's true. Well, they do. Sorry, I shouldn't word it like that. <laughs> they got to They have survive. a lot to play with. They got to survive. They got to uh, survive. For that reason, I don't think they risk too much no. against Lazio. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So that's Coppa Italia. Like we said, you never can predict it. You don't know who's going to start, who's going to play what the approaches of the managers are going to yeah. be. You never know. It's, yeah. a, it's a wild card. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. It only gets more exciting as you get further into that competition. Exactly. You want to talk about transfers, though? Let's talk about some transfers. So, two transfers that really stand out to me for Genoa. <laughs> yeah. Gen- so, Socrates is rumored to go to Genoa. Socrates. And uh, they're basically giving him an ultimatum. I think Socrates is a fantastic center back would suit Genoa and he'd be some, he'd really shore up that uh that defense for them. Um I think it's I think it'd be a great signing but the bigger one is they're in the works with bringing Kevin Strutman. Yeah, I don't know in. what to make of that. I don't know. What I, do you make of that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh we love Strutman here. Uh yeah, we do love Kevin Strutman. Never fails for us. Um <laughs> 30 years old, believe it or not. 30 Only years 30. old. Dutch international. He's played he's, Liga. He's uh, coming from Marseille. Yeah. Made one appearance, one start, 10 sub appearances, 224 minutes, no goals, no assists, two yellows. I don't uh, think it'd be bad for them. They he's got, what, been what very they got, average. What do they got to lose? Oh, you got nothing to lose in that team. What do they got to lose? He adds depth. He does. Leadership. Because you got to remember Kevin Strootman when he was coming through his career was a leader for the, I think he was the captain for the Dutch team yeah. under twenty ones. He was a big, you know, prospect, and it never yeah. ended up working out the way it should have. Yeah. Uh, too so many had, too many injuries at Roma. Even. Knee injuries. Yeah. Big ones. We'll see. His, his this will be his uh, second stint in City, huh? Yeah. And uh, be interesting to see how much he's improved. Yeah, and uh, a couple other ones. So the big one I think you talked about was Mete. To Milan. Yeah, Mete to Milan. This is just a depth sign. And this guy, he's a great player, Mete. Yeah. Looks like the weekend with his haircut. Uh, <laughs> so very recognizable on the field. Definitely. Great defensive uh, midfielder with good feet. 
and uh, great pass to the ball, good dribbler, even though he doesn't really do a lot of dribbling. And he's also yeah. a, uh, a physical monster. He can win headers, tackles. Yep. He does it all. And uh, great signing for Milan. Yeah. Um, Juventus, on the other hand, a couple things. So they've met with Arik Milik's agent. So they want to bring Milik over to Juve. So it looks like he's finally going to get his wish. The, basically, the, this is a depth signing. This guy's only played... The only games this guy's played all season long are for the Polish national team. Yeah. That's all this guy's played. So he could be really fresh, ready to go, or he could be severely out of form. Um, that's one. And then Juve have stolen... I've basically stolen uh, Brian Reynolds. The Brian Reynolds <laughs> signing. So it's a very interesting signing. So basically what would happen is they would sign Brian Reynolds to a U of A contract and immediately loan him out to Benevento. So he'd go from Dallas to Benevento on a loan and be recalled to Juventus at the end of the season. Another signing I want to talk about as I keep going, jump in. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, it. I'm very disappointed with this. A bit, I'm a big fan of this guy on uh, Fiorentina. He's a wing back, Paul Lirola. Um, yeah, this was on a... the verge of going to Marseille loan option with an option to buy for 12 million. This guy has got so much talent and he did so much with Sassuolo. How Fiorentina is just going to let him walk away? When, I don't understand. When Fiorentina is as bad as they've been this season. Yeah. How are you going to let a guy like this walk away? This guy is not a bust. This guy's got a lot of talent. You just haven't used him. That's what it is. Yakini didn't know what to do with him, so he sat on the bench. And Prindelli doesn't up. know what to do with him either. Was there a fee for that one? Uh, it's a loan with an option to buy for $12 million. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, obviously, the ongoing talks with Stephen El Sharawi to rejoin Roma. Um, that's a big one. The other one is Carlo Ancelotti's denying it, but the reports won't let it go. Carlo Ancelotti wants to keep Olsen at Everton. Roma, in return, would like Bernard, part of a swap deal. I'm sure swapping cash because I don't think Olsen will be enough. So the rumblings are that Roma are in talks with hopefully getting Bernard, who played at Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, familiarity there with Paulo Fonseca hasn't really turned out too well for Everton. But uh, hopefully he can uh, move over to Roma, offer something different for them, and uh, you know reignite his career and... Uh, Everything would be really doing us a favor in uh, taking Olsen off our hands. So he's actually really impressed there at Everton, and Carlo Ancelotti likes him, so he's hoping to uh, to keep him. Yeah, Genoa. I mean, sorry, Genoa. Bologna making an interesting signing. Yeah. Uh, from Ligue 1. Adama Somaro. I hope I said that correct. Yeah. He uh, made a stint, or he was previously owned by... Uh, Genoa, if I'm not mistaken, or sorry, Leo loaned out to Genoa. Didn't make much of an impact there, yeah. I don't believe. Went back to Leo. Leo now is one of the top teams in Liga. I don't know if they're still top of the table, but they're definitely top three. Anyway, Bologna have now signed this guy. He was a very young, uh, pro back in the day when he was uh, in his early 20s, teenage years, he was supposed to be one of the best French center backs. He's now in the prime of his career, so it'll be interesting to see if he can obviously revitalize his career, make an impact at Bologna, maybe go on to a, another team in, uh, in Serie A. But interesting signing by our Canadian owners here, Saputo, for Bologna. Yeah. This will be, uh, hopefully, fill up some of the holes in that defense that Bologna have because there's, there's been some big question marks there. 
definitely. And definitely. I don't think this is a bad, bad signing at all. No. For them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Center back, prime of his career, former French, uh, I don't know what to say, full of potential. Yeah. I don't know if he's an international, but yeah. Never quite worked out for him yet in his career, but we'll see if he can reverse his fortunes here with Bologna. Exactly. Any other transfers you can think of? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, me neither. I'm transferred out. I can't right. think of anyone. So that concludes part two. Uh, stay tuned for part three, where we're going to recap uh, a couple of uh, Canadian talent to look out for. Welcome back for part three. Uh, to Tifosi Football Radio where we'll be discussing there's two players that I want to talk about quickly give them a shout out um, one person I want to talk about is uh, it seems like this guy's name got lost a little bit uh, Tristan Borges uh, for, he's a Canadian midfielder uh, he actually plays for Belgian club uh, O.H. Leuven I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly <laughs> so Tristan's had an interesting career he's 22 years old uh, he started. Uh, he started in Vaughan uh, from Toronto, Canada. Started with Vaughan Soccer Club. Uh, eventually went to Toronto FC, and then he moved over to the Heronveen Youth Academy. Um, then he came back, played for Sigma um, in League One Ontario. But then his big break came uh, in the first year of uh, the Canadian Premier League with Forge FC. So he came in. He signed his first professional contract with Canadian Premier League side Forge FC, and he participated with them in their inaugural season where they won everything. So Forge FC, even though the team even though the league's very young, Forge FC is the only one to win Canadian <laughs> Premier League back to back. Um so what was very interesting is he was such a standout. Uh he won the golden boot with thirteen goals in his first season. And uh he was transferred to OH Leuven, who is or so they're called Oud Everly Leuven. That's impressive Dutch over there. <laughs> well they're Belgian. <laughs> Belgian, whoop. Yeah, well, they're Belgian. They speak. Yeah, they speak Flemish. Yeah. Flemish. French yeah. and Flemish, right? Yeah. So he was transferred over them. They were in the Division B. The uh, They were in uh, the second division last year. They've now moved up to the first division, and they're currently sitting in fourth place. So he's on a very good team, uh, possibly qualified for Europe. So look out for this guy. Look him up. Um, his name is Tristan Borges, B-O-R-G-E-S. Um, fantastic talent. Uh, look out for him. He is someone to look out for in the Canadian national team down the road. Uh, John, give this guy a call. Invite him to a camp. Be Do nice. it, John. Do it. Let's see. But another kid I want to talk about uh, from a, a friend of mine recommended me to take a look at him. And uh, he is, from the footage I've seen of this kid, he is gifted. So, this kid's name is Mathos Garcia. He's 18 years old, uh, played for the uh, Toronto FC Academy, actually went over to Europe with Villarreal in their academy. All right. Um, fantastic talent. Look him up. Uh, I believe he's got some YouTube footage. His name is Mathos Garcia, M-A-T-T-H-A-U-S Garcia. This kid is going to be very, very, very important to the Canadian national team. We believe down the road, he's got incredible potential, and at such a young age, someone to definitely look at. Um, why not? If this kid's already in the youth academies at Villarreal, 
why not bring this kid over to this Canadian Premier League? Why not take a chance on one of these one of this kid and further develop him? So I'm calling out the CPL teams that are listening. Look for this kid, Mathos Garcia, 18 years old, would be a steal of a signing for any one of you teams. You heard it here first. Exactly. So, All right. And, and those are the two talents I wanted to talk about. Awesome, awesome. So I believe that wraps up our show today. That wraps it up, yeah. All right. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Like As always, we appreciate the support. And uh, we'll be back midweek to uh, preview the very important games that are coming up this weekend. There's some massive ones. First, we'll talk. We start. We started off right with Roma Lazio. Roma Lazio is going to be amazing. That's your Amuz Bush. That is going to be an amazing game. Juve Inter next weekend. That's a huge game. That is a huge game. There are some crackers of games. We're going to break them all down for you. For you fans that want to see the Juve dominance end, <laughs> bring out your black and blue and let's go. Uh, we hope. We hope. We hope. We hope. But uh, thanks, everybody, so much for, for listening. And uh, we'll be back midweek. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Ciao.